So here we are. Hello, this is Meet the Problem Solvers. I'm Judy Perlman. My guest tonight, you may remember, is Stephanie Brown. Stephanie was here back in August, and we had a very interesting conversation, and we decided we needed to roll it forward and do it again, do, take it to the next step. Stephanie is the uh, CEO of Casa Mirna in Boston. And you know what? I'm going to let you explain who you are, what you do, and frame it up, and then we'll take the conversation from there. Sure. Uh, so Casa Mirna is a domestic violence organization. We're based in Boston, uh, but there are domestic violence organizations all across the state. Uh, there's one even here in Cambridge, Transition House, which was the first domestic violence organization to open up in Boston, or in Massachusetts. Uh, and so we work with survivors of domestic violence. We work with uh, friends and family and anybody who's in it with us to end domestic violence. Uh, we believe at Casa Mirna that every relationship should be safe and healthy. And so all of our work is to fulfill that vision. We want to end domestic violence and we'd love to go out of business. <laughs> yeah, it'd be great if you like, yeah. remember when we used to worry about people right, being exactly. feeling unsafe and yeah, exactly. exactly. Right. Yeah. So again, frame us up again a little bit, like what is domestic violence? Who does it happen to? Is it, you know, targeted to one group? Just put us in yeah. your picture a little bit, okay. Steph. So domestic violence happens to everybody. Uh, I think that's something for the last 40 years that we've been working to, to help people really understand is that no one um, is exempt from domestic violence. So it happens regardless of uh, race, class, education, sexual orientation, zip code, uh, all of it. So domestic violence affects everybody. Um, domestic violence is, we consider it, it's a pattern of control. One person tries to gain and maintain maintain control over the other person in their relationship. Um, you don't have to be married. It could be between two people who um, have an intimate partnership. Um, at Casa Mirna, we work with families as well. So it could be like a parent and a, and a teenager, or it could be um, other family members. Uh, and basically the idea is that one person is trying to gain and maintain control over the other person. Um, and they use forms of abuse to do it. Um, I think one of the misconceptions around domestic violence is that it's only physical or that it isn't domestic violence until it's physical. Uh, so one of the things that we really think it's important for people to understand is that domestic violence is emotional and psychological abuse. It's financial abuse um, and it's, it's physical violence. Got it. Yeah. So last time we were here, we talked about a few different things, but one of the things we didn't really get to was talking about sort of the evolution of the field and what you've learned and how things have changed and really what it looks like to have a safe operating space. Yeah. So can you kind of put yeah. us in that picture? Sure. Uh, I think we've learned a lot over the last 40 to 45 years about domestic violence. Uh, and for the most part, for the last 35 years, almost 40 years, um, it's been our idea that we have to stay hidden to be able to do this work. Um, and clearly, I mean, I think everyone has here heard about um, domestic violence murders that happen in our state across the country. And so abusers can be lethal. They can be very dangerous. Um, and so there is a lot to this idea that we have to have confidential programs. Uh, and so we do have our residential programs are confidential. Um, you know, generally neighbors know who's there, but that's about it. Um, but we've been shifting our focus around like where we work to work more within the community because 
the rates of domestic violence have not gone down over the last 40 years. And so what we've been doing about remaining hidden, um, talking about it, but not being in the community, um, not having, you know, a sign over our door that says, come talk to us, you know, come spend time with us. Um, that's the direction that we're going now, because what we've been doing hasn't worked. Like we have been able to support thousands and thousands of survivors, but we're not ending it. Um, and so abuse is just uh -huh. as bad as it used to be. So that's really interesting. So you're changing some of your tactics. Yep. And I, last time you were here, we were talking about going to speaking at business groups, mm -hmm. speaking at other community yeah. collaborations, just sort right. of normalizing, not normalizing violence, but mm -hmm. normalizing the need to identify it and take steps. Right, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. and you know what, that's one of the things that we, we wanted yeah. to do tonight was kind of acknowledge how stressful and anxiety producing it is if you have a friend or a colleague or a classmate that you suspect things are really not okay yeah. with. That puts a lot of pressure on you, but also how do you know what to do? And so we actually wanted to talk a little bit, actually mm -hmm. talk a lot about what are some of the things to do? And um, we're actually gonna turn on our phone line. So if you feel like you wanna call and talk with Stephanie about a situation or that, you've, that you're facing or that you're considering, call ahead and we'll put you on. And I think I even know how to, I know which button to do. So we can, we can take your call. I'm pretty confident. We can try. <laughs> we can try. <laughs> So we'll leave the phone number up, but let's okay. let's yeah. talk about that a little bit. I mean, yeah. I'm sure this happens all the time that you have a colleague or a friend or somebody yeah. comes in with a bruise and you're just a person is sensing that something is amiss and really not sure what to do. Yeah. Help us understand in that person's shoes what they can do. Yeah. I think I mean the first thing is to really pay attention to people in your life, <laughs> your relationships. And so it's rarely as, you rarely get uh, something as obvious as bruising or for somebody to say like, oh, I, you know, I think I'm not safe in my relationship. I think generally domestic violence is really hidden and people are afraid to talk about it um, for many reasons. You know, one reason is that abusers can be very dangerous and they threaten their victims uh, not to talk about it and to keep it a secret. But if you suspect somebody, like think about what you're seeing in that relationship. So if you have, you know, somebody that you've been close to is slowly starting to retreat and is becoming more and more isolated, perhaps because their partner says, oh, the, you know, your friends don't like me, let's not hang out with them. Or I don't wanna share time with you, I just wanna spend time, you know, I don't wanna share you with my friend, with your friends, I just wanna spend time with you. Um, that often domestic violence relationships start with that. Uh, and so if you're starting to lose touch with a friend and there's no real reason for it, uh, if they can't really talk about why or if they just sort of say, oh, I'm just going to spend more time, you know, with my partner, I think those are red, red flags for us. Um, definitely if somebody, you know, if you're a colleague, if somebody is coming late into work all the time, um, if they used to be, you know, productive and alert during, you know, dur on, on the job and then you start to see that they're coming in late, that they're distracted, that they're sleepy, um, it's often because abusers sabotage people's ability to work. Uh, and so they may keep them up in the middle of the night. They may be worrying. They may not be able to think clearly. Um, and, and so that affects their job performance. So if you're seeing things that just don't quite seem right, like listen to your gut. Um, and it's always okay to, to say to somebody like, hey, what's going on? Like, I miss you. You seem distracted. Um, 
you know, I haven't seen you in a while, like you're starting to distance yourself, what's going on? Um, and oftentimes, like a survivor will tell you nothing, everything's fine. <laughs> you know right, I mean? Because right. it's not safe to talk about it, because we don't create a climate where it's safe to talk about it. Um, so I, we always say, start with just the conversation, like naming what you're seeing, um, and then leaving it open. And so somebody may say, you know, everything's fine. You know, don't 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 bother. I'm you know I'm doing fine. Um, and if that's the case, then just sort of say, well, you know, you can always talk to me. Like I'm here for you. I support you. Um, I hope you're safe. If you need anything, come back to me. Because mm -hmm. um, you always want to leave the door open for folks um, instead of saying, okay, well, I asked you once, and now I'm never yeah. going to say anything again. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. And we were talking about sort of normalizing it in a mm -hmm. workplace that yep. people have concerns that that you know sometimes you actually do need some help. Right. And, you know, to, to normalize that we're a workplace where we where we care about each other yep. and um, that you could even actually I'm going to do it right now. If I can, I'm going to put up information about SafeLink, which is actually why don't you tell us what SafeLink is? Steph? Sure. So SafeLink is a program of Casa Mirna. It's the statewide domestic violence hotline. Uh, and so anybody can call at any time. It's 24 seven. Uh, all the calls are anonymous and confidential. So we don't know who's calling us. All we know is what you say on the other side, of, you know, the other end of the line. Um, we can take calls in English and Spanish and Portuguese uh, and through a language line, any other language. Uh, and so it's a place for uh, you to call if you feel unsafe or if you just want to talk about what might be going on in your relationship. Um, it's a place to call if you're an employer and you're not sure what to do. If you're a friend or a family member and you have some questions, uh, if you want to get connected to resources, uh, it's statewide. And so we can connect people to resources all across the state. So let's just go back to that scenario here of um I'm really concerned. The person down the hall from me seems distracted, mm -hmm. fearful, late, what, whatever. Something yep. is going on with this person, and I'm not even sure how to talk about it. Mm -hmm. I might call SafeLink, right, and Absolutely. say, because you have trained people to understand all aspects of violence. Right. And so that person might be able to coach me mm -hmm. through how to raise this in a way that is not distressing, not right. confrontational, because right. the last thing you want to do, or that I would want to do, or that anybody right. would want to do, sort of drive someone back into like, right. oh, I have to be more circumspect, I have to hide this even better. Right, right, exactly, yeah. exactly. Right, so anybody can call SafeLink, right? If you're not quite sure, how do I approach the subject? If what I'm seeing, could it be domestic violence? Yeah. Or is it just an unhealthy relationship? Or am I making things up? Um, call SafeLink, and they can role play with you, they can help you think about yeah. what you might say to somebody. Because it's really scary. I mean, we rec I recognize that. You know, it's scary for me, too, when it's somebody in my life. Um, you know, what do you say and how do you say it? Right. Because you don't want to damage that relationship, but right. you also really want to support the person. Right. And the one and done thing of like, well, I tried. I tried. You don't want to be that person right. and say, well, I tried. You want to say, okay, right. I have to stay present in this, mm -hmm. and and but if I'm not sure what to do, there's a place for me to turn. And right. that is really cool. Right, right, yeah. right. And yeah. if you're looking for an excuse to be able to broach the subject, you can say you were watching Judy Perlman's TV show <laughs> and you yeah. heard about domestic violence and I'm really, you know, I just learned something about domestic violence and I'm really worried. Like, you know, yeah. I think that you might be, you know, in an yeah. unhealthy relationship. What did we have? One in four women and one in seven men are yeah. victims of severe physical domestic violence in their life. Right. I mean, 
that means that's that's really a big number. Yep. It's a lot of people. So this is not like right. isolated and right. like, oh, couldn't possibly be. Right. This is, I mean, what I would say also is like, trust your gut. Mm -hmm. If you Definitely. really sense that something is amiss with someone that you care about, there's nothing wrong with telling them that. Right. I care about you and I'm concerned. Right. And and here's here's the number for SafeLink. Right. I mean, that's the right. thing. That's another thing to do exactly. is to give them, to get the support you need as that supportive person in their life, yeah. but to give them the information so that they may not want to talk about it with you right then right. in the lunchroom, right. but they may want to uh, do it later. Right. right. Yeah. Right. And I would say one of the things that you mentioned earlier was, you know, sort of within a work setting, uh, not wanting to target the one person that you think might be in an unhealthy or in an abusive relationship. Right. Um, and I think that, yeah, it's also okay. One of the things that we need to end this is for people to be talking about domestic violence, right. not talking about individual people who might be victimized, but by talking about domestic right. violence in general. Right. And so, you know, it's not okay. Um, you know, we won't tolerate um, domestic violence jokes or, um, you know, sort of misogyny or like jokes against, uh, you know, about women. Right. Um, and so trying to create this culture where you say we support survivors and everybody should be in a healthy relationship and you sort of do it generically right. um, kind of throughout your workplace or throughout your faith community or your school or right. you know whatever community you're a part of because the more we talk about it the less hidden it is and then there's becomes less tolerance and that also sends the message to survivors that like what i'm going through isn't okay and that other people are saying right. it isn't okay right and we were laughing about how how annoying it can be in your workplace when you get an yeah. email and it's like, I know how to fill that form out. You don't have to remind me. But by the same token, sending out an email to everyone that says, came upon this important resource, wanted right. to make sure people knew about it, that can again be kind of like a low barrier way to get that yeah. information to that person who you exactly. really want to get it to without going in and going, hello, right. exactly. I'm really concerned about you, <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Which, which has its own risks. Right. Seriously, right. yeah. So Steph, what's the world going to look like? What's it going to look like when we really have made a difference what's Ooh. it gonna what's it gonna feel like and look like well I think you know a lot of the work that we do and we've been focusing on recently is with young people mm -hmm. because we recognize that a lot of young people don't know what a healthy relationship looks like so it's really hard to talk about what an unhealthy relationship looks like if you don't have um, if you don't if you don't understand sort of the difference between healthy and unhealthy uh, and so you know, in, in our world, in our future world, uh, young people would know what a healthy relationship looks like. They would have, um, you know, boundaries, they'd set boundaries for themselves, and they would set expectations for their relationship. And that when somebody crosses those boundaries, or uh, doesn't fulfill the expectation of what they want in a relationship, that they would walk away from it. Um, where we have uh, 12 peer leaders who we train to teach other young people about dating violence. Uh, so they go into schools and after school programs and, and uh, work with other young people. And they have all said the difference that the training that they're going through has made in their lives. Because now they have much stronger boundaries and expectations for their relationships with their friends, with significant others, with their family, like with their parents. And so they're able to articulate like what's okay and what's not okay. Um, when before, 
when you don't know what a healthy relationship looks like, it's really hard to articulate where those boundaries yeah. are. Um, and it's really yeah. important like that we all have yeah. those. That's really amazing. So we yeah. need to do train the trainer stuff mm -hmm. to get everyone healthier. Absolutely. I mean, and you know, right. I, some of my family members swim in waters with a lot of people who are in transition or non-binary. Yeah. And I, I sense that there's a, right. another area for risk yep. that either on a lot of on a lot right. of levels either right. um, within an intimate relationship or with people who are really uncomfortable with what you're doing right. if you're if you are in transition right do you see a lot right. of that we do. I think, you know, one of the things, so domestic violence affects everybody. Um, and rates of domestic violence could, you know, maybe higher for LGBTQIA survivors uh, or folks. They could also be higher for um, black women um, and for immigrants. But what we're really seeing is that being part of those communities, abusers can use them to further entrench somebody in an abusive relationship. So if you're in transition, um, if you're, um, you know, lesbian, gay, bisexual, that often abusers use that because folks may not have come out yet to people in their family right. or at work. Um, and so abusers use that and hold that threat. And so it's just another way to entrench somebody in an abusive relationship. Um, and so we find that it's much, much harder if you are in an abusive relationship, if you're part of a marginalized community, yeah. um, to get out of it. Because yeah. the abuser just, they use every tool they possibly can yeah. to gain control over you and, and to, to keep that and control. And to keep you isolated and exactly. marginalized. Right, right. exactly, yeah. right. Well, this is a right. kind of a serious topic. This is Meet the Problem Solvers. Mm -hmm. I'm Judy Perlman, and this is Stephanie Brown from Casa Mirna here back. We were laughing like hyenas last time you came. This one has been less, less hilarity-laden. But, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's very serious stuff. I don't mean to be, I don't mean to make light of it. Right. But you but, do have to laugh. You not laugh yeah. about domestic violence, but you have to be able to laugh. Yeah, you have to, you have to yeah. live your life. Right, exactly. Yeah. Right. Well, keep those cards and, and letters and calls coming. Feel free if you have a question and you'd like to run it by Stephanie. Here's the number. I think it's up. I think it's up. Looks like it is. There's a number up there. Yeah, there is a number. <laughs> um, so what else have we talked about? So sort of the takeaway piece. What it is that, I mean, I have asked you here twice because this is a really important issue and I, I do feel like the platform of a TV show and a podcast is an interesting way to get into people's lives and minds and hearts some of the opportunities that they may they may feel trapped themselves or as I keep feeling so strongly um, like sympathetic for someone who senses that something is amiss mm -hmm. and doesn't know what to do. Yeah. So give us talk us again through some of the tools and the takeaways and how does how does someone leave this conversation between me and Stephanie feeling like I think I can do something different and help my friend, my mother, my yeah. sister. Yeah. So, the, you know, always have the SafeLink number <laughs> because you can always call and you can give it to somebody else. Uh, it's also really important to remember that you want to maintain a relationship with somebody that you either suspect or you know is a survivor yeah. of domestic violence. So you want to tell them it's not your fault. I know that this is really scary. Uh, call SafeLink, <laughs> you know, call somebody for yeah. support. Um, but overall, it's not your fault. I love you, I support you, I care about you. 
oftentimes victims are forced to separate from the other supports in their lives. And so they do become more and more isolated. And sometimes it's really difficult as a friend or a family member of somebody who basically seems to refuse to wanna to be around you um, and just pulls themselves away from you and from a relationship that you have. It's really hard to maintain that relationship, um, but it is really important to keep checking in with them even if they don't wanna hang out with you, even if you don't go to the movies together anymore, even if you don't talk on the phone, uh, to reach out and to let them know that you are there for them. Because one day they will call you and they will tell you that they need your support. Um, and so keep that, that relationship, keep those lines of communication open with survivors, even if you feel like in the moment it's not reciprocated. Um, it can be really frustrating, but you're doing the right thing by just keeping up with it. Mm -hmm. And I think we go back to also the the one-on-one -on -one relationship, but also the the normalizing in a community, mm -hmm. whether it's a faith community yep. or a workplace. Yep. This is a thing that happens. One in four women, one in seven men. This is like, this is really common. Yep. And so we have to normalize our ability to speak to it as sad as it is, as distressing as it is. Yep. It's a fact. Right. So why don't we just put that number up again for a second? This, so this is the call-in number mm -hmm. that's up there now. And this is uh, the phone number 877-785-2020. That's the statewide free, toll-free uh, domestic violence hotline. Questions that you have about your own life, questions that you have about other people in your life, questions about how to bring it up um, in your community or in a relationship. Mm -hmm. um, and what else do we say? speak out, volunteer, organize a drive. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about some of that kind of stuff. Sure. So domestic violence organizations, whether it's Casamirna, Transition House, Respond, anybody across the state uh, can really use support uh, because we're, you know, we're not well-funded, we do a lot of work 24-7, um, yeah. and we want our community to work with us on this. Right. And so a lot of ways to get involved, like you don't have to write a check, um, you can do a drive. So around the holidays, around Mother's Day, back to school, um, we're constantly looking for you know sheets and pillows and bedding and uh, children's toys and coats and clothes and those things. And let's just mm -hmm. specify why, yeah. because for many people, when they finally do leave, they just leave. They have to leave. They see the moment right. and they leave and they leave everything behind. Right. So they don't have anything when they get to the safe space that they're going to occupy. Right. Tell, tell us a little bit about that transition for people. Sure. So we work at Casa Marina, we work with about 60 families a year in our residential programs. Uh, and when they come in, like Judy said, they've either sort of been through homelessness and been in shelter programs for a number of years, or they are leaving their home and they are fleeing. And so it's in the middle of the night, it's, you know, right after collecting the kids from schools, but they just show up, um, you know, in our programs, we meet with them, and they've got generally nothing, you know, maybe a suitcase, maybe a backpack. Uh, and so we work to make sure that they have food, to make sure that they have public benefits, to make sure that they get everything that they need. Um, but we make sure they have clothes, um, that they have, you know, we, uh, every family in a shelter program has their own room. Uh, and then they share kitchen and, you know, we've got kitchen supplies in there and they, they share a bathroom and living, living space. Um, but we've got, uh, but, you know, when they come in, they want things that are their own. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, you know, folks want their own 
own clothes. They want their own coats. Um, you know, they want them in the colors that they like. Like yeah. they don't just want something that someone has given to them um, that uh, feels completely impersonal to them. And so we are always looking for folks to do drives. Um, similarly, when folks move out of shelter or if they've been living with their abuser and they move into their own housing uh, away from that abusive household, they again often leave with nothing. Uh, and so while we can't store furniture, uh, we definitely take gift cards so that we can help people yeah. with cleaning supplies, with air mattresses. Uh, we connect them with furniture banks. Um, but it's really important when folks move into their own housing, whether it's from shelter or from an abusive, you know, directly from their abusive household, um, that they are able to move in and the kids want their stuffed animals and their, yeah. you know, their, yeah. their backpacks and, and lunchbox and Given what they've been through, they kind of need the trappings of a household right. to have a sense of normal normalcy and moving exactly. forward. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we have some young people who do drives at their schools. Uh -huh. um, That's nice. You know, around the holidays, it's always easy, but we need it, you know, all year round. All year round. That's <laughs> so, right. Right. We also like to celebrate, uh, you know, mothers and fathers who have been abused and who are doing everything they can to keep their kids safe. Yeah. Because uh, these folks are have some strength. Like these are strong, resilient yeah. people who do whatever they can to keep their their family safe. Uh, and so we like to celebrate them during the holidays and during you know Mother's and Father's Days. Uh, back to school, we do backpack drives so that the kids have all the supplies that they need for back to school. Um, I actually uh, 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 did backpacks for uh, two or three kids this last year, and I forgot how expensive school supplies are. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. It's really hard yeah, for a family. It's a real like, thing. Yeah, you have three kids. Yeah, it's a lot of <laughs> expensive. A lot of what are they? Mechanical pencils? <laughs> huh? Why do they have to use mechanical pencils? But they have to have mechanical pencils. <laughs> exactly. Right. Right. But all of our programs can use volunteers. So if yeah. you've got some skills that you'd like to lend, uh, you know, we need folks who can, you know, read to kids, do homework um, with young folks uh, after school. Uh, if you're a photographer and you'd love to like teach a class to a group of survivors, like we would love that. Graphic design. We've had nice. uh, people who are, you know, really good at cooking have come in and cooked for families or they'll hold a cooking and nutrition class. Uh, so we really, again, want this to be a community, um, we want it to be community work. Uh, and so we encourage folks from our community to come in and get involved with, with yeah. the domestic violence organizations. Good, well, thank you. Let's go back for one last time on the SafeLink slide and then uh, hope you get that number down. And now then we're just gonna say once again, this is, oh, let's take this off phone off. There we go. There's Meet the Problem Solvers. We would love your feedback, your thoughts, your ideas and suggestions um, for future or for future guests, or as we just did, bringing back a guest like Stephanie to dig a little more deeply into an important topic. Um, and, you know, this has just been an amazing journey to, to, to invite guests on, to, to dig deeply into the worlds that you occupy with passion and commitment and energy and creative solutions. So appreciate it. Yeah, really fun and fun. It is fun, it is. even though it's such a sad and difficult topic. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I could talk about this stuff all day. Yeah, I know. You, you are very good at it. <laughs> So thank you again. Like if you see something, do something. And if you don't know what to do, get the help you need yeah. to take the step to help the person in your life that you think may be yeah. at risk because 
you really could be right. And if you are right, you want to be someone who's really done everything that you can. Right. And you'll make a difference. It'll make a difference. It'll They'll make a you. difference and they will yeah. feel supported. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. I think we're good. All right.